Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by state room category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. The last of the major pro sports leagues are off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering, news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today. And remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-B, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Suave. I've been in my bag for a while, I'm invincible. Story of a young boss, grinding shit critical. Calling on my bros one time, cause you special. I had some hood dreams of right rounds for my mentor. Every target that I shoot is on point like a pencil. Different route, change relationships, I'm so sorry. Came up from the trenches and I made it, I say hardly. All righty, guys, we are back with another episode of the What's in Your Bag podcast presented by Bet Online. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Robinson, and today we are joined by another special, special guest on the podcast. But before we get into introducing our guests, you guys already know what's coming. We got to get the business out of the way. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, make sure you guys stop what you're doing. Go ahead and tap that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. It goes a long, long way to getting this show out there to everybody who needs to see it. If you're hearing this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go ahead and give us a five-star rating, drop a comment, give us some, some feedback, you know what I'm saying? Positive or negative, man. We all we all appreciate, you know, positive positive reinforcement, you know, positive criticism, which, whichever way it goes, man, it goes a long way. Um, that was my guy, Pull Up Tay, on the intro. It's going to be him on the outro as well. One of the hottest up-and-coming artists out of DMV. Make sure you guys are streaming his music. Um, but without further ado, guys, we are... Pleased to be joined by yet another guest on our creator series. Um, this is somebody who is super, super talented, has done a plethora of work around the NBA 
and has actually just secured a new job with the NBA. Um, we are pleased to be joined by the newest NBA social content on-site project manager, Ashley Tomlinson, formerly with the San Antonio Spurs as well. Ashley, thank you for joining us today. Project employee, I'm not a manager. Project employee, see, look. No manager role. But look, look, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations are in order for the new role with the NBA. Um, that's huge. So definitely thank you for joining us today, Ashley. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. No, I appreciate you for having me for sure. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty, you know, we want to definitely discuss your new role with the NBA. That's super exciting. And obviously we're going to get into your journey with the Spurs and everything. But, you know, before we get into all that, you know, I know you're currently based in San Antonio, a Texas girl through and through, man. So I got to ask you, talk to me about the 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 1B hysteria going on right now. Everybody's obviously hype about the Spurs getting the number one overall pick in the phenomenon that's Victor Wembanyama. So what's what's the vibe out there right now in San Antonio, man? Does it look like this is going to be another Tim Duncan, David Robinson type situation? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the vibes out there? The vibes are definitely crazy. Um, it's funny in sports, you know, you have your like ride or dies, but then you have the people that, you know, switch up all the time. <laughs> I'm guilty of it myself, but <laughs> Um, so that that's I think been the most interesting going from an empty arena I mean it wasn't completely empty last year but emptier to I mean we had a sold out home opener so it's just it's crazy um, as far as comparisons go I don't think he's gonna be like anybody else I think he's in his own category he's his own monster in the greatest way possible um and he's just an impeccable person as well so he's he's a gorgeous person on and off the court I think fans of basketball humans everywhere are in for a treat for a, a long ways to come for sure that's dope now have you got a chance to stand next to 1B is he is he as tall as he looks on TV I haven't I haven't but I've seen him stand next to some of my old coworkers, and it, he seems like he's pretty up there <laughs> No, I don't know if you saw that video of him doing Slenderman for Halloween. Yes. On point. I mean, he just, he knocked that out of the park. He owned it. He owned it. It, it was set up for him. It was his role. Right. Right. He bodied that. He bodied that. So the the DM, I'm, I'm, for those of you guys who don't know, you know, I'm born and raised in the DMV. Um, DMV through and through, you know, shout out DC, Maryland, Virginia area for those who don't know or think the DMV is the place you go to get your car registered, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, DMV. Um, and I've never been to San Antonio before. You know what I'm saying? So what's the vibes out there in San Antonio? Because I, I feel like when we talk about Texas, it's always, you know, Dallas and Houston, you know what I'm saying, for all the vibes. So what's it like down there in San Antonio? Um, It's very family-oriented. Family is literally, like, the first word that comes to mind. Even if you don't have, like, blood family in the city, I think the, just the city and the culture is extremely welcoming. Um, they're very heavy on Latin culture, which I grew up in the Valley. So I love that. Um, yeah, just very family oriented. They, I like that it's quote unquote a big city, like, but it's not a huge city. You go like North an hour and a half and you're in Austin and it's definitely much more of a busy city vibe but like San Antonio has downtown you know they have a lot to do they have the strip like there's 
definitely a lot to do, but it's small enough to where it still feels really, really homey. Um, and the people are great and the food is great. <laughs> now, how was the nightlife down there? You know, is there any good nightclubs to go to for the, for the good you know, San Antonio Spurs players on a Saturday night? You know what I'm saying? What's the vibe like down there for the shenanigans? <laughs> I will say the nightlife is what you make of it. I think it's definitely who you're with. It's not where you're at. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I mean, there's one club, 1902. Shout out to them. They're they're up in they're doing the thing. Um, uh, but other than that, yeah, it's not really <laughs> definitely who you're with. Listen, you know that's a that's a very a very political answer. You know, a very uh, a wonderful answer right there. It's who, it's who you're with. You know, you have a great time. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, it really I, is, though. No, that's 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 facts. That's facts. So I want to kind of get into your journey a little bit, man, because I feel like you have a an interesting journey into just the whole photography, creative landscape. Um, I did a little bit of research and I read that you went to college for business and marketing, stuff like that. So how did you get into the photography landscape, man? I feel like, you know, you mentioned previously in, in the article that you kind of have always been somebody who likes to take pictures, but I feel like, especially in today's day and age, I feel like everybody's trying to like, you know, do the little film thing and take pictures and stuff like that. So <laughs> going from that to actually making that your career, like what went into that thought process? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, you mentioned it as well as like always wanting to take pictures, like in my family, even I was always the one with my phone out. I still am like, I'm always the one. And when I was younger, it's funny, they would be like, put your phone down, like live in the moment. blah blah, blah. And now they text, I get at least one text from a family member. Hey, do you have this picture of this? And I'm like, you see, if I wasn't with my phone now, you would have had these memories. <laughs> But I think as I've gotten older, I've learned to kind of like, you know, snap the picture and then put the phone down and be in the moment and then kind of like read the room, like navigate, like, okay, I can, I can post this in an hour when I leave here. Instagram doesn't care. They don't, they're not going to know. Um, and safety wise as a girl, I'd re much rather also put stuff out after I'm gone, yeah. but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like constantly capturing moments. I think it's bigger than taking photos and taking videos for me. I feel like that's such like a surface level statement. I literally feel like the, you're you're capturing a memory. Like when you take a video, like yes, you're living in it, but you're never going to live it again. So I think of like, I've lost my, grand, my uh, grandma and in that, as heavy as it was, it's just beautiful to be like to be able to not only have the memories of her, but look back and like actually see them. And like that's just not something you can get with anything else. Um that's the creative side of it. I was always one that wanted to be my own boss. I grew up like, I don't want to work for anybody else. Um F corporate America, F the white man, like <laughs> literally just as a minority, kind of you just grow up in this like different mindset. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've realized I love stability. <laughs> I like to be stable and know um, I'm being taken care of. And unfortunately in this world, you need money to do that. Um, 
I think everyone should just like live on a farm, not have anything to do, no worries in the world. I think that's what God intended, but you know, that's not what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think like my journey into the creative space professionally was just me navigating using my passion and finding a way to monetize it, you know, because I mean, obviously, like I mentioned, you need money in this world to survive, to live, to thrive. Um, but you also don't want to be miserable. You don't want your work to be called work. I feel like what's that saying? Like, if you really love it, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, it's like Something if you love, you're never working a day. You never work a day. Yeah, anymore. yeah, exactly. Um, as cheesy as it is, I feel like it's so true. If you love what you do, you love waking up, you love the three hours sleeps <laughs> it's you know it's all worth it um so that's definitely how I how I got started um I played sports all my life being a former athlete I know that there's so much more that goes into our craft and who we are in our makeup as a human than our sport and the training that we do like you have to eat, you have to have hobbies to stay sane. Like you have a family, you have favorite foods, you have favorite colors, you have favorite, like you have a personality. Um, so I think just kind of like bridging all those things, like having to make money, having your passion, and then also like showing the human portion of, I think the normal person sees these amazing athletes and just labels them as, amazing athletes and I'm just like so passionate now about yes showcasing they are amazing athletes they're amazing at what they do but they're also human they also have purpose they also have emotion they also have you know everything that the common person you and I have right. um so yeah just kind of like navigating that I still don't know what it's gonna look like in the long run I'm here for the ride any door that God opens I'm walking in full force thanks so one thing that I'm curious, and I feel like a lot of people um, are probably curious, is like, I think everybody has this dream, you know, of like making it to the league per se, right? Or like getting to the NBA, whatever that goal is, NFL, like working in that kind of landscape. And especially nowadays when everybody's picking up a camera, everybody's trying to create content and stuff, right? How did you go about pursuing that role with the Spurs as far as like preparing yourself, as far as maybe applying for jobs, LinkedIn, like networking? Like we've had a bunch of different conversations on the podcast about like, oh, I got my job through a relationship and like meeting this person and having a conversation and kind of connecting the dots there. But other people who say, yeah, well, I've never really been a relationship person and not, not really my personality. I've been, you know, a LinkedIn diving and doing that kind of stuff, right? So for you, um, when you were going through through that process of trying to like, you know, have that security and, and obtain this job with the Spurs, you know, what were you, how were you able to kind of secure that opportunity and kind of make that NBA dream a reality. Yeah. Um, I think you touched on it. Like every person's journey is going to be different. And I think it's just important for people to stay true to what they feel is natural to them. Like for me, I have maybe four posts on LinkedIn. <laughs> like I'm going to be, I need to get better at it. Same. I'm being completely honest. Um, <laughs> but if LinkedIn is your thing, like use it to the best of your ability. 
um if instagram is your thing which it was mine like use it to the best of your ability find out you know kind of work with the algorithm it gets annoying but reaching out to people sending dms liking photos like interacting it's it's all through a screen and I feel like sometimes it can be really overwhelming because you feel like it's not real um but that's it's just the tip of the iceberg like I feel like once you start a conversation with someone it can build into so much um I'm really really heavy on relationships I feel like in this industry people in any industry really people will say it's networking <laughs> yeah I, I view it as relationships um, just because I feel like people have more value to them than what they can offer you. I think if somebody can't do something for me, that doesn't mean I'm going to be, I'm not going to be friendly to them. That doesn't mean I'm not, you know, going to want the best for them. That doesn't mean I'm not going to want to go to dinner. Like I'm not someone who's just entertaining things that in the long run will have a benefit for me. Like that's just not who I am. Um, so I think just being yourself and cherishing those authentic relationships is is what's key. At least it was key for me um, with Spurs. It was actually through a family friend that I was able to get an employee referral. So that kind of got me like on their radar as far as getting an interview. Um, and then once I got the interview, you know, it was up to me to kind of like run with it and sell myself and um yeah it's just like once you get the opportunity it's just going all in and knowing if this is what you want you you go for it and you you put your all into it yeah 100 percent. so once you're there like once you're you're working with the spurs right you mentioned that how you kind of had to work quickly and think quickly and kind of like make things happen when it comes to that whole creative process what was that experience like for you trying to adjust on the fly in, in a new environment and you're trying to figure out how to create content, what works, what doesn't work. Um, especially you obviously have, have a, a volleyball background and, you know, being able to play, play volleyball previously, like coming into a basketball space where it's a different sport, but having to still be able to produce content and learn the terminology and what's going on in the court and stuff like that. What was that whole process like? Yeah. I actually also played basketball. Okay. So, cool, yeah. Cool. So <laughs> I was definitely familiar with the game, familiar with, you know, the lingo, familiar with all of that. I feel like it made it easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, the process was just being able to to shift. And I, I spoke on it in a previous interview, kind of just, you know, knowing who you are, even though you're, you're growing consistently, just standing firm in who you are as like a, a person and trusting yourself, trusting your talent, trusting that if you have to make a decision in three seconds that you're going to make the right one. And if you don't, it's okay. Like, it's not the end of the world. Nobody's going to crucify you because you, maybe I shouldn't say that word, but <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody's going to yell at you um, for, you know, getting the wrong angle on a video or the exposure is too high or you didn't get 50,000 likes you only got 30 like it's not at the end of the day it's not a huge deal like of course we're striving for the best all the time but I think taking that pressure off of being perfect is super super important yeah not for sure 
looking back kind of on that time, like covering the NBA, what were some of your, you know, I guess favorite memories, favorite times maybe on the job, on the road, like just working with players? Like, what is, is there any one story or memory that kind of sticks out the most? Hmm. One, okay, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but Mike Mancias, he is LeBron's trainer. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay, so he's actually a family friend. He is from the same small town that I'm from. Um, But his, I believe, cousin is best friends with my dad. So they've kind of all like, intertwined everyone in the valley knows each other like everybody um but just being able to connect with him and I saw I spoke to him when we played the Lakers and just kind of like it was kind of like a surreal moment of the city that we're from you're really not supposed to make it out um everybody stays here and they kind of stay they're just comfortable it's like as much as I love my my city I think it's so secluded from the rest of I can't even say Texas I feel like the rest of America is pretty much Mexico and Texas like if we're being honest it's not even in America like (laughs) (laughs) it is technically but it's really not um they're just we're just so far away from from everything that it's comfortable you get you're kind of like in your own world you don't really like if you don't get out you don't really know that there's that much out there um so just kind of like being able to like chop it up with him and be like, okay, like we both we're both here, like we're both doing the thing, like it's cool. Um, that was a really cool moment. Uh, I guess as far as like, like player wise and interaction, I don't have a specific, like thing that comes to mind. I think just overall, being able to see them in their authentic light and capturing them you know like at camps or um we we had an event at the food bank just kind of seeing them outside their basketball element is always precious like just seeing their personality and who they are yeah yeah now that's dope um I want to kind of give you a chance to to talk about that a little more because I I know that um you mentioned in the previous article that, that that you did your Hispanic heritage and something that you know you're very proud of and I think as a minority in this space and something, you know, now you're working for the NBA, it's a, a huge corporation. Like, um, I mean, I, I love the fact that we have more minorities and more, you know, brown people, black and brown people in these spaces, in these rooms um, that are taking up these roles and stuff like that. So for you, you know, what does that mean to you to be able to wear that on your sleeve and I guess be somebody who people from your town or uh, from where you're from also can look to you and be like, yo, like I, I can do that as well. Because, I mean, we all know that at the end of the day, it's all about, representation you know what I'm saying and having somebody that looks like you and has been where you've been and walked in your shoes you know having to be being having the opportunity to be able to look at them and say hey like they're there so I can do it you know what I'm saying like what, what does that mean to you it means the world honestly I one of the girls I grew up playing volleyball with reached out to me recently and I used to look up to her like I looked up to her my entire volleyball career like we had the same jersey number like she was a few years older than me but I was always like I want to be like her um just her game her personality like everything like that um and she reached out to me and she also had always been like in the creative space we worked like um we love to take pictures together like yearbook like all that kind of stuff like taking pictures at like football games like 
the whole high school experience. Um, but she told me she was like, she's a teacher now. And she's like seeing you achieve, you know, things that you talked about when we were in high school has like ignited a fire in me to pick up the camera again. She's like, people told me, because we're from the same small city. She's like, people told me to be realistic. They told me you're like, that's never going to happen. You just need to get a normal job, something that's going to give you a steady paycheck and live your life pretty much. And it sounds so like, damn, like, why would someone tell you that? But I think a lot more people experience that than we would like to admit. Um, and so it, it, I mean, it means the world to be able to be someone that anyone can look up to or look at, even if it's through Instagram and surface level and just kind of be like, okay, they're doing it. Like, why not me? And I think that's the mentality that I've had. I still like this MBA job. It still doesn't feel real. I just texted my dad this morning and I was like, bro, I work for the MBA. Like what? <laughs> and it's not even like getting caught up in like the hype of like, oh my God, it's the MBA. But it's like taking a step back. It's like, I know you get it. Like it's the Sorry. MBA. It's not like, oh my God, it's the MBA, but it's the MBA. Like, <laughs> um. Yeah, just and I'm like impact over influence a thousand percent. I feel like if I can help one person believe in themselves and believe in their dream, even if it's through a picture on my story, like I feel like I've served my purpose. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think that I know a hundred percent what you mean, you know, when it comes like, oh, what's the NBA? Like I think that that's such a huge a huge thing because like at the end of the day, people who come from our communities don't get those type of opportunities. You know, that's yeah. the other situation. Like, you know, we're not often able to walk in these type of rooms if you don't have somebody who can call, make a phone call to and say, hey, like, you know, can you hook me up type of thing? You know, it's, it's yeah. very hard to get in those type of situations. So I feel like um, one thing that you that you just said during your response that I think resonated a lot with me was when people, this, this idea of, oh, be realistic, like, you know, get a regular, it's like, I don't, I always hated when other people will try to put limitations on you or what you can do. And it's like, just because you don't feel like it's realistic for you, doesn't mean it's realistic. It's not realistic for me. And I, when people yeah. try to limitations on what you can accomplish on your dreams, like that's how people stay in certain situations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I definitely just, you know, hats off to, to you and, and just for being able to kind of continue to push through that. And, you know, your friend, obviously, um, hope you're able to get back on the horse as well and pursue her dreams. I know that she will, obviously, because now that, you know, I think, like I say, it's different when you can see somebody, you know, but yeah. I don't know, man. That's something that always frustrated me is like people will be quick to kind of try to shoot your dreams down or or put a cap on what you can accomplish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I don't know. And I think it's just like, it's just taking it with a grain of salt, really, because it's like, I'm such an easygoing person that I feel like if I'm ever like, cause that's been told to me in the past yeah. and it's kind of like taking it with a grain of salt and just being like, you know, maybe that's, that's your opinion. Like yeah. <laughs> I've seen that video that's like, that's your opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like literally that's me in my head. When people like doubt or say things, I'm like, okay, like, that's your opinion. I'm I'm not going to diss you for it. I'm not going to think of you differently. Like if I hope 
your stuff works out for you like I'm fully supportive like I just I know deep down I know what I was made for and I think even in this role as big as it is as big as a company as it is I feel like I'm just a vessel like I'm literally just somebody here that's put in a place to tell these stories um it's it's bigger than me it's not it's not about me at all um but yeah <laughs> no for sure so kind of getting into this opportunity with the NBA um what would you say you're most excited for like is there um you know a project that you're looking forward to or just I think when it comes like when it comes to situations like man like I don't know being on the floor at Staples Center or crypto.com arena now <laughs> but, um, I just feel like there's so much opportunity to be able to be in certain rooms, have certain experiences, like maybe cover the finals, travel. Like, what would you say you're most excited for entering this new role with the NBA? I will say at the top of my list, my team, the team I'm going to get to work with. Um, I just, I'm ecstatic to be able to work with them. And I think that kind of helped me in a sense. Um when I started at Spurts, I kind of like did a lot of homework on people in the industry because it was it was my first year like actually being engulfed in the industry. So I didn't know a lot of people. And I made it a point to kind of like not reach out to people in terms of like having conversations, but just like add people to my network that I knew if I was scrolling, it would motivate me and it was it was people who were similar to me and were trying to chase the same dreams as I was um so I added people from my current team on Instagram so they were able to see I mean obviously I don't know how much they've paid attention to my journey um but just having that like surface level connection and being able to see you know like the work I think helped in terms of like being able to pitch myself for this role in in like specific terms like um like ability wise I feel like it was it was definitely an advantage um and then kind of on the flip side getting to see the surface level of their personalities I feel like you know hopping on a zoom interview it kind of was like oh it's a familiar face like it's really nice to just not know that or to know that it's it's somebody that's familiar you know the person is real you know they have a personality um so yeah I think definitely the team that I'm going to be working with is what I'm most excited for they're amazing I saw a few of them at the huge dome game last year um from afar and I was like in my head I was just like I'm gonna be there like I'm gonna be their coworker one day <laughs> and now that it's happening it's kind of like is it is it real <laughs> um so that's what I'm most excited for and then aside from that I think traveling obviously I love to travel I'm someone that loves to experience the world even if it's just like immediate you know Texas cities or wherever I'm gonna be um covering I being from a small town I think any time I was able to get out it's just kind of like I love it um, and I have no, I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have kids. I don't have a dog. Like I'm, I'm good to go anywhere I want to go. Um, so traveling, seeing cities and, and getting to tell stories at the end of the day, like getting to showcase 
these guys in a light that I think the normal person typically wouldn't get to see or you know just giving them giving them some sort of access that you know like I think all the time of people who use up their their life savings to come to a game and you know they they do that because of how much they look up to these guys but they do that because they can relate to them and they can relate to them because they're human (laughs) and they see their personality beyond the court. So I think just being able to kind of like be that middleman is just, is just really powerful. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's super exciting. I think you, you bring up a good point in just how trying to showcase these players, like um, what, what more they have going on and things like that. And I feel like today's culture in 2023, like there's never been, a better time for players to kind of showcase other aspects of their lives. I feel like now yeah. we're kind of talking about it a little bit off air with like, I know so many photographers now who are like working for people individually and working for players and players have their own content teams and they have marketing managers and business managers and people who are getting them into Paris fashion week and stylists and like getting them front row at all these shows and all these different things that they're into. So I, I kind of wanted to ask you like, just based on your experience, like from the branding and marketing side and kind of meshing that with the photography landscape and things like that, what are your thoughts on this new era of, of athletes today? You know, and um, I feel like you had this a couple years ago, you had this whole, you know, more than athlete and the whole shut up and dribble thing where people were like, nah, just stick to your sport and don't have anything <laughs> basketball that you got going on. And it's like, now I feel like, if you're not doing anything other than the basketball, so yeah, like you, you tripping, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I just kind of want to get your two cents on that. Um, you know, on just, I guess today's athlete and, you know, where you think this is going in the, and I mean, you're obviously starting to world with the NBA, like the future, I feel like it's only going to open up more and more doors and more and more lanes for players to express themselves outside of the court. hundred percent. I feel like it's, we've only started. I feel like, I mean, they've always had a personality, right? I think they're just becoming more comfortable now trusting and showcasing that. And I think that's where these content teams come in and it's built on trust. I mean, you have to trust that, you know, if the camera's rolling 24-7 because that's the content that we need, it's trusting that if I do something that may be seen in a negative light or taken the wrong way, I trust you enough to one, not put it out, to not keep it for your own, you know, ha-has or whatever, and not make me look bad because at the end of the day, we're all human. Like, you know, I just said a word that I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Like, and it's just, you catch yourself. And I think, you know, accountability too, like going into that, that's a whole other conversation. But trust is is the the biggest thing trust in relationships and i think building these teams it's it's literally it's just the beginning i mean even going into like the football world you are used to seeing them only having their their football agent like only the person and i mean it's in basketball too only the person that handles their court contracts and anything outside of basketball was left up to them and now, you like you said, they have a marketing agent. They have a content team. Like the marketing agent handles all their brand deals. I think that's another huge thing that's coming into play. You know, you, it used to be 
you know, Nike or Adidas talking directly to the athlete. Now there's a manager that's handling those contracts for him. And it's like, it, I mean, it makes sense. Like he's, whoever it is, is focused on being the best athlete they can be. It's a lot of pressure to try to do all these other things. So it makes sense to have a team to be able to, to trust their team to do that for them. Um, and then of course you get into the business side of things. And I think if there's so many elements, like if you have a lot of following on social media, I feel like a team is more inclined to want to invest in you because you're going to bring their team exposure right. at the end of the day. You're going to bring them ticket sales, um, which is what they're aiming for. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, like if your contract is, you know, say 86 mil for four years and there's no talk about you being a franchise player. Okay. What are you going to do when there's, when those four years are up? Like who's going to want to invest in you? Are you going to have an image outside of your current team? Who's going to look at you? Like all that kind of stuff I think is now really, really coming into play. Um, and then aside from, from, wanting to invest I think just being smart with their funds too if like they get these brand deals you know if Dunkin Donuts wants to shoot a commercial with them for x amount of money that's money that they can spend off the bat that they didn't have before they're not going to miss but it's not coming from their contract money that they're going to be able to you know spread out for the rest of their life like I mean, it's just, it's building a brand around who they are as people and building the the long, longevity of their career and their life really as a whole. Yeah. So I think it's definitely just, just starting. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you played basketball, so I, you definitely can weigh in on this as well. Um, I think that we all just getting started and there's a lot more room to grow, but I do think that there's still people out there who are of that old school mindset that you should, I want to say keep the, people always say keep the main thing the main thing, right? Which is, I think it's true, you know? If you're a yeah. basketball player, basketball still should be the main thing if you're in the NBA, but people will try to make it seem like sometimes if you're into other things, whether it be fashion or photography or whatever, they try to make it seem like it's a negative and like it's a distraction from the game. So what do you think uh, is, I guess, the line between that where, you do want to showcase that you have all these other layers to you so that you can become marketable and have other options after the basketball career, but then not let that become a distraction to the point where it's taken away from your game or to where even like a, a team like the Spurs, for example, right? Like people, they've been known forever to be like that kind of like strict team, right? You got like the Tim Duncan's and the Kawhi's and like, you don't really see these players do much outside of like the game. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they're kind of like cut and dry, you got the international guys, Manu and Tony. They're kind of like, you are only really known for basketball and stuff. So um, what is your take on that as far as, I guess, that line that is, I think that does still exist as far as not letting it become too much where it's taken away from your game. Yeah. I mean, I think that, the, that it honestly depends on the individual player. You know, some people are going to be able to handle more than others in terms of like just their workload. But I think that, that's definitely also where these trusted teams come in to handle. And it's like, you know, they do all the legwork and you just show up for a shoot. Yeah. Um, or they do all the legwork, 
they'd give you caption and copy for an Instagram post and you adjust it to your personality and then you press post like it it there's if you have the right team it won't feel like a lot um I mean obviously it does get overwhelming and exhausting if you're trying to do too much but I think just being open and vulnerable enough to say like this is a great brand deal I'm having you know there's a big game coming up maybe we should push it a week or two and just having that open conversation is um really important I think I don't think there's a way maybe I'm wrong (laughs) I don't think there's a way for it to be too much because at the end of the day like yes they're athletes but they're also human and I'm I'm like I know I've said that a billion times but I'm so heavy on it because if you're empty and you feel like you're not being fulfilled in anything else outside of your job because this is their job yeah you're not going to be able to consistently pour and be the best that you can be like you can't pour from an empty cup and so I think a lot of people on the in the outside world that just consume what they do have to kind of like shift their mindset into not only seeing them as these superhuman athletes but seeing them as these superhumans that have you know things outside of what they do um but it's just like I said just having the right team and being able to have those conversations of like maybe we should push this shoot maybe we shouldn't do this event because you know, I have to be at, up at 7am for weights, like, just being able to set those boundaries as an individual person, I think is what makes all the difference. And just being able to like, compartmentalize and balance it all, which can get tricky. But <laughs> I think you bring up a great point, because I do feel like um, another thing just from the athlete perspective, I'm still playing pro basketball overseas now. And it's like, I've seen guys like when they retire from basketball, they don't have an identity outside of the game because they've poured so much into the game. And it's like when yeah. they're not getting that love and that admiration from the fans or from people, people might, might not recognize them in the streets anymore. It's like, dang, like, well, they struggle with that identity yeah. like this because they've yeah. only poured into the basketball for so long. And it's like, yeah. you know, my advice to any athlete is like, make sure you, you know who you are outside of basketball or even just people in general, like whatever your career is, whether you're a, in the corporate world, whether you're a doctor, whether you're in the creative space, you have to have identity outside of your nine to five, right? Yeah. It is a nine to five. This is your job. This is who you are between these work hours. At the end of the day, once that's done, you know, once you retire, once that career path is over, if you got to pivot and you don't have who are you? back, <laughs> who are you? You have to be able to have some type of identity outside of that. And I've seen so many people struggle with that. It's honestly the saddest thing in the world, man. Cause like, yo, like, Yo, you have so much more to you than just basketball, you know? Yeah. It's like you haven't given yourself the opportunity to explore that because, you know, you, you've you been so just trained to only focus on one thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a shift, I think. I mean, I dealt with it at, you know, a much lower level going into my college year. I played volleyball my first semester and – just that shift it it was a lot yeah. and i dealt with that after stepping away from the from the game i had poured 14 years of my life into training and it was you know 
wake up at 6 a.m go to a workout before school go to school have athletic period have practice after school then you know go work out again at my coach's house to get extra training in go home do homework go to sleep wake up do it all over again yeah that was my identity like so I definitely dealt with after stepping away it was kind of like even in the gym I felt like if I didn't work out for over an hour and a half I wasn't working out like I wasn't doing anything yeah. um so I I think it's it's really 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 important for these guys to just and they can't do it all by themselves I, I feel like they are so young and they try to do it all themselves um and then they realize they can't <laughs> um because it's a lot I mean and they obviously want to enjoy their life as they should you know go out celebrate all of that they 100% have earned it they should they should they only get one life they have to enjoy it like a hundred percent but it's finding that balance you know if you like I said before if you have 7 a.m weights why are you staying out till 4 a.m yeah. you know like you got you can you can go out but why are you staying out till 4 a.m um but a lot of them just don't have people who kind of like check them and keep them in that kind of balance a lot of them are are out doing this on their own yeah. so I feel like once and a lot more of them I think are getting familiar and kind of like seeing their friends like okay he's not going out maybe I shouldn't go out and I should I should wait until tomorrow when we don't have weights on Sunday like it's just like those little like decisions of that that really impact the long run of things um but yeah just it's all about balance yeah really is this which is much more complex than just saying it's all about balance but <laughs> No, for real, though, I think that this is an important conversation. I didn't even have this plan or anything, but I think a lot of people go through that, that kind of identity crisis when whatever your main thing was stops and you have to pivot and transition. I think that there's not a lot of people who are having that conversation like, all right, what is that phase like, man, when you're trying to rediscover what you love or rediscover new passions? So for you, yeah. what were some things that kind of helped you transition, like when you were done with volleyball? And you were in that kind of like, all right, dang, like this, I'm not an athlete anymore. What do I do? You know, how yeah. do you transition and pick yourself up to kind of find a new identity and, you know, find the new passion that you were, um, you know, that you were passionate about? Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. It was a struggle. <laughs> I was definitely depressed for a while. Um, being fully transparent, like I, it was, it was hard. It was really hard because like you said, you go from, it being your entire life to okay nobody's holding me accountable to go to the gym right nobody's checking my grades to make sure I'm eligible to play you know nobody's my coach isn't texting me 24 hours before to make sure that I'm not going out and drinking before a game like it's just little things like that that like I think when you're having to answer to somebody your entire life and having someone keep you in check going from shit like I'm on my own yeah. it's a really it's a really difficult transition um I spent a lot of time in the gym a lot <laughs> like a lot <laughs> probably an unhealthy amount <laughs> um but I kind of just I took it really slow I think I went from training for like six hours seven hours a day from when I was in volleyball oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
to like going to the gym I would still do two days so I would go to the gym like for an hour and a half and then like go do my schoolwork, get my homework done and then like go to the gym again just walk or I would I would sometimes just go sit with my friends in the rec and like play pickup and just like it would keep my mind busy because I wasn't sure I wasn't competing at the level that I was but I was still around it um and then kind of like slowly cut back I think it's almost like you're an addict like you can't just go like cold turkey when it's been your life for 14 years like you have to kind of like slowly like take like they think of like a baby when you're trying to like take them off their like little choopy like you have to like okay not tonight and then if they cry like okay for an hour like it's that kind of like weaning you off of it um but it was hard and I think a lot of people struggle with it even if it's not in the athletic world I think just like maybe switching careers or switching you know your life taking a different path than you thought it was going to take it's really hard to kind of like come to terms with it but I think what helped me is just kind of like being very unapologetic in what I needed and if I was having a bad day not feeling guilty for staying in bed till 12 like if I didn't have responsibilities for that day and you know just kind of like giving myself grace and knowing that the transition is hard and not making yourself feel bad for having to make these transitions like a lot of people say like just get up and do it and like you know like suck it up which I think sometimes, yeah, you have to put your big girl pants on and do what you need to do. Um, but again, it's just kind of like reading the room and knowing, honoring what you need at the end of the day and being unapologetic. Like I think a lot of people fall into, well, if I'm not doing this, if I'm not actively working, if I'm not accomplishing, I'm not succeeding. And that's not true. Like, you can rest (laughs) it's okay to rest um and like the world I've heard people say like the world can wait it it really can like if you're not okay you're not going to be able to be yourself for everybody around you so you have to like check yourself and make sure you're good I think that just being unapologetic in what you need honestly yeah I think you know you brought up another great point I feel like um I experience this even now, like, especially as a creator, like, burnout is real. And I feel like, especially for me personally, it's like, I'm still playing overseas. Um, Right now, I'm doing a little bit of coaching. I'm trying to run this podcast platform and stuff. I got my own personal brand I'm trying to, like, do stuff with. And it's like, you can always feel like, dang, like, all right, well, I've been posting in two days. Like, I got to post something. You know what I'm saying? Or like, all right, well, if I'm not, if I'm, I, I might get off practice one night. It might be 9 p.m. And I might really want to just watch The Bachelor or something like that. And I'm like, dang, I should be able to. Bachelor. I love The Bachelor. Bachelor, Bachelor of Paradise, Bachelorette, all of the above. I got to watch The Bachelor. Golden Bachelor. Have you seen that one? What? Which one? The Golden Bachelor. I I, so I, I I watched Charity Season and then The Golden Bachelor was like going to come on after that in Paradise. Yeah. But I've been so busy, so I haven't, I haven't even been able to tune into it. Have you watched it? No. Oh, okay. That's hilarious. I'm going to check the reviews first to see if it's, if it's <laughs> good before I tune in. But I watched I watched the last part, like, seven or eight scenes of The Bachelor. So. That's hilarious. Yes. Um, but I'd be coming home. I'd be like, dang, man, should I watch Paradise? You know what I'm saying? I haven't started the season. But then I'd be like, dang, well, I got to edit this video for tomorrow. Like, let me just edit. 
You know, I feel like you get into a routine of just like edit, 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 like, all right, post, 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 like, all right, schedule a guest, schedule a guest, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you always feel like you have to be doing something when it comes to this, this space and it's tough. You know, I think that's the hardest part about being in this space. People will always look at like influencers and be like, oh, all you have to do is post on Instagram for your- But it's a lot. <laughs> bro, that is a whole job, bro. Like editing, bro, it, it takes- And it's 24 seven. Like- video. It never you know stops. Like you could, you could shoot a video for five hours and it comes out to be 30 seconds long. If that, you know what I'm saying? Like- I know some influencers that would prefer to have a nine to five. <laughs> like at this point. No. Yeah. Legit. It's just- um, so I kind of want to get your experience with that too, because I feel like you you said a good thing as far as like sometimes like you had to give yourself that time to just rest and like you know you had a quote in in the article it was like yo at the end of the day like even if you're not pulling three all nighters in a row or uh, you know I feel like you all have to edit it's like you're still you're still working towards your goals and your dreams you know yeah um, I kind of wanted to give you opportunity to just expound upon that a little bit because I think it's so true man I think even that's something I gotta do a better job of, of doing like in my own life, because I feel like I'm always thinking of, all right, well, what are you doing with this hour of idle time? Edit something, yeah. like, do something, you know? Yeah. Um, I think just like anything else, it's a balance. And I think it's, it's a fine line between being professional and being punctual and giving yourself grace and knowing that nothing is ever that deep. Like if there's a hard deadline, obviously you know there's times when the all-nighter is going to have to happen like you might get home late you might whatever but if you're being paid you know five grand for a video that has a hard deadline of a certain date you got to pull that shit off (laughs) like it's it's it but on the flip side if you know it's a flexible deadline and you're the one that's putting the pressure on yourself like Oh, I'm going to feel guilty if I don't do this. I promise you the same supporters that we're going to, that we're supporting you on Wednesday are going to support you on Thursday. Like if they are your real people and isn't that what you want? Like you don't want people who are going to be wishy-washy because they don't humanize you and, you know, want to be mad because you didn't post Wednesday at 8 PM. Like yeah, it's not the end of the world. And I think if you have this passion to create and have this passion to connect people and have you know all of this it's being able to continue to do that in the long run and what does that look like that I feel like in my case it's giving myself grace and being able to put the phone down when when electronics are your life yeah like are your job it's very very important to be able to unplug and sometimes it's forced I catch myself like doom scrolling and just like or even on Pinterest like oh this couch is cute and I'm like girl put your phone down like you work on your phone 24 7 like you need to unplug sometimes but you don't realize it it's just like kind of this like you're like programmed almost to just and you have to like make the conscious effort to be like okay I need 30 minutes of zen (laughs) like literally um yeah it's just it it can get to be a lot but giving yourself grace and like I said it's a fine line between having those those hard deadlines and being professional and knowing when it's okay to 
watch Bachelor. Yes. Yes. Period. Period. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I I've done that too. I'll come home and I'm like, damn. I really don't want to edit. Even with Spurs, like we would have sponsored ads after games and there was game nights that it would run. We wouldn't get home until like 1 a.m. And I'm like, okay, do y'all need this edit tonight or do you need it in the morning? And they're like, no, we need it in the morning by 10 a.m. so we can get it out by 11. I'm like, cool. I'm grabbing canes and I'm gonna go home and watch Power because I am burnt out from the game. And it's just like making those little like tweaks. And again, being communicate, like having that communication with whoever is in your space and in your circle and being like, okay, I need this little mental break for the night. I need a few hours off. I'll get it to you by 8am. So then I, you know, you'd set your alarm, work on it. I knew how long it was going to take me to do that specific edit. So I knew I needed an hour at most so I'd wake up 6 a.m., get it to them by 7 if they needed, you know, any edits or whatever. It was back to me before we needed to get it out. Right. Um, but I still was able to serve myself and relax the night before versus going home and feeling like I need to impress my boss. I need to get this book to them by 12. Like, they're not pressed. <laughs> they really aren't. <laughs> so it's like, why am I pressing myself? No, um, facts. yeah, facts. That's great. That's great. I, I'm I'm not listening to you. I was taking these mental notes in my head. Like, yes, preach, preach. preach. <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of speaking on like the whole NBA Spurs situation, I want to talk to you, man, because I feel like I've seen a trend of a bunch of people who have been working for teams and like have went the freelance route, but you have also people who are like, yo. You know, they may be uh, trying to get that big break. Like, I want to work in the NBA. Like, I want to work for a team. It's like my dream. And it's like, there's a huge uh, just cause and not cause and effect. There's just a big, it's like a scale of like positives, pros and cons of like working for a team, doing freelance and stuff. Um, I won't say the team name, but I've had, I've talked to some of my friends and they're like, yeah, man, like when you're working for a team, like you can't have relationship with the players. It's like, they're like, you can't, you're not allowed to do that. Like you can't, you got all these crazy hours and like you mentioned the deadlines and working all through the night and then the pay isn't great. Like, and obviously, you know, but you know, you can be, you know, the access, right. You're in the locker room, you're on the baseline, like you get to travel and do all these type of things, right. That maybe a freelancer won't get the freelancer got to shoot from the stands, you know, mm -hmm. you don't get that locker room access unless you're somebody, you know, gradient visuals and you're the bronze guy or whatever the case may be, you can get in the locker room. Mm -hmm. What was your experience in, I guess, deciding to pivot from the corporate route and working for a team and deciding to, do something different because I know that um I don't know what's a trend that I feel like I've seen a lot of the people who I know personally make and I just always I'm curious to know what is going on that's making people kind of pivot or I guess you can just speak on your specific situation um but yeah I don't know I feel like what would we share kind of some of those pros and cons that went into your decision yeah I mean I think you kind of touched on it on it being a dream for so many people I think it's a dream for so many people because they see the glitz and glamour of it they yeah. see, you know, the highlight reels that people in the industry put out on Instagram. They see people standing on the sideline taking a video and they're like, I want to do that. Yeah. But I don't think they realize until they're in the role, all that actually goes into it. I'll say myself, I have so much respect for people, for every individual social team because as a consumer, if you're just scrolling on Instagram and you're like, oh, okay, it's just 
you know, a 15 second video of Keldon Johnson's dunk in the fourth quarter. Like, whatever. I'm not going to like it. I'm yeah. like, I stressed myself for 30 seconds getting that out for you. You better like it. Thanks. Um, so it's kind of like just being on the back end and seeing all the moving gears that go into it that makes you really respect the craft. But on the flip side, like you said, there's like this amazing part of it where you get the access and you're, you know, in these teams and you're in these rooms and all this kind of stuff. But on the flip side, you're kind of getting treated like it, it, it's not worth it almost. Yeah. Um, and I will say that every team's culture is different. Everyone has their own experience. I had an amazing experience in terms of the people that I worked with. I worked with amazing people. But from the professional standpoint, um, you kind of touched on it. It was it was a lot that was pushed out in such a short amount of time that it almost felt like it wasn't impactful. And we were pushing out so much content that, I mean, I know it was impactful in the sense that as a consumer, you see four videos in a day and you're like, okay, cool. You don't know all the work that went into those four videos. You don't know how many edits it was going back and forth with digital. You don't know how long we were planning that one stupid 30 second video. Like, it's not stupid, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's so much that goes into it um, that you almost have to like check yourself and be like okay is this worth it um and I will say it has its perks you know it's as a woman and as a minority woman there were countless times that I was the only woman in rooms and I think it's crazy because of the day and age that we're in that that's still the case um I hope that changes. <laughs> I really, really hope that changes. And that's why I love, I love women in sports. I'm like, go us, honestly. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think my main reason why I stepped away, I mean, my contract was up. So it was kind of like a glorified internship position. Um, and it was a year long. I was up for a promotion towards the end of my contract um that was a whole other story that I can tell you off air mm -hmm. but <laughs> um I didn't end up getting it um which is fine you know like I feel like everything happens for a reason and at the time it felt really like it hurt because it was like damn like I was I thought I was doing really well in my role I mean people my peers were telling me I was perfect for it you know, like it was kind of just like, why? Like you kind of just question. Um, now I know why, because of the role that I'm in now. Everything has to happen for a reason. Yeah. Um, but I feel like at the end of the day, a team is gonna prioritize the entire team and the entire franchise as a whole. They're gonna want to make the franchise look good. Players come and go. If you're not a franchise player, 
I'm sorry to say they're going to move on just as quick as they got you. Like that's, they focus, their focus is on the 16 or 17 guys. It's not on the individual players, which is completely understandable. Like that's the dynamic of a team. I see them as individuals. I would much rather be able to tell individual stories. Um, and I think that's where like my main thing going into being, you know, in freelance is you kind of get to be in charge of that. There's no, and then speaking like on the business side, when you want a certain video to be done, you have to first pitch it. Then, I mean, there's obviously a lot more steps than I'm going to mention, but you have to first pitch it. You have to get it approved by PR and then you have to actually shoot it, edit it, and then get it approved again to make sure, you know, it fits the brand. And I think as time goes on, you kind of know, like if you've gotten edits back in the past or like, what's the voice or like, you kind of just learn like, oh, this isn't going to be approved. Like you just kind of like pick that up. Um, but I think that majorly was one of the things that kind of just like going through all these ropes versus being able to talk directly to the athlete and say, what do you, what do you want your image to be? Right. Let's make that happen. Right. And I think working for a team, you can't really do that because there's so many people that you have to go through because they're thinking of the entirety of the team. And if this person does this, how is it going to affect everybody else? Well, they're their own person. So <laughs> why like you as a PR person, you know, you're going to hand that handle that as it comes, because all of these people have their individual personalities. They're not cookie cutter basketball players. Right. Like they're not. Um, so I think that was the main thing, just being able to have that, you know, like one-on-one, -on -one, like, what do you want for your life? What do you want that to look like? What brands do you want to work with? What kind of content do you want to put out? How, how often do you want to post? You know, yeah. if you're going to the club, do you want me to go shoot that? Like, do you want pictures with your friends? Like you can't, and you can't do that when you're working for a team. And that goes into being friends with them. Mm. Um, I think when you're sticking a camera in someone's face consistently you kind of get to know who they are right <laughs> and like and I'm very I'm huge on that I was always a content person that if I'm going and covering something and you're there I'm gonna have a conversation with you before I stick a camera in your face just yeah. because I wouldn't expect for you to give me your raw personality and trust me to give you your raw to give me your raw personality if you don't know who I am. At least my name. I'm yeah. not saying you gotta, you know, talk to me about your kids right off the bat, but like we gotta we gotta have some sort of you know mutual grounding. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times people don't like that. People don't like, especially the younger generation coming in and being a lot more relatable and a lot of you know it's a lot I like trying to word it in a way that doesn't make people sound bad because it's not like I think a lot of people people that work for individual franchises are so stuck in like the old mindset of everything has to be professional everything I mean and you can be professional and still have relationships you can be professional and still have these friendships like just because we're smiling and laughing like I don't understand why that's a threat like I, I I really don't and I feel like if guys have experienced it you can imagine how it is as a girl yeah um 
so it's just kind of dealing with all that outside of the actual work that was kind of just like is this even worth it like and I think that's a topic that's kind of like taboo in a way especially among women um among women and men like having that conversation and I know a lot of men in the industry recognize it um but it's really hard like as a woman to navigate that and to kind of like go into spaces and know like there's assumptions right off the bat of you know being a woman in a certain space and it's like I'm here to do my job (laughs) I'm here to take a video like I don't know what y'all think but and I'm a I think I like to think I'm a very personal person I like to laugh I like to have fun with people and I think in traditional spaces it's seen it's it's just looked at in a bad light which like I said it's just that's just where you have to kind of take a step back and be like is all of it worth it and what else can can you do to stay in the space but keep your mental in check (laughs) yeah now going off that like what has been what that experience been like I feel like especially as like a I feel like it's a little bit different when you're working for a team because like if you're a woman working for the Spurs and you're with a guy then it's like you can put all right I'm I work for the Spurs right but I feel like if you're a freelance photographer and you're with a, a guy and you're shooting for them I feel like automatically people are going to think like you're hooking up with them or like there's some romantic energy involved there like yeah what has your experience been like with that or how have you had to try to I guess I don't know I won't even say deny because if you're not you don't even have to deny anything because it's like you know what you're doing is professional but like yeah uh, what has been your experience of dealing with that and things that people will say or comments and things like that um with with clients in particular like the one-on-one conversations it's just setting boundaries from the start and I mean you're a guy you know guys will try (laughs) (laughs) they will try shoot or shoot as they say of course it's like setting those boundaries and kind of being like you know I'm here to do my job my job is to make you look good make you get money make you have your personality shown that's what we're here for if (laughs) it's funny people will like I've had somebody one time be like oh I want to be more than friends I'm like okay you can be my client like Like we don't we don't need this. Like we don't need to go back. Like I'm I'm 24. I'm trying to establish my career. I carry myself very professionally. I don't like to mix the two. Um so I think it's just setting boundaries but also being realistic and knowing that when you're in this space these are people that you're around all the time. It's inevitable that, you know, you're going to find some sort of attraction to somebody at some point. But it's being able to kind of like set that line and be like, especially in the freelance world, like, okay, if you're my client, you're my client and just that. If you're not, like, if you want to pursue something, it's that conversation of you're not going to be my client. Like, (laughs) you can't because you can't because I feel like once you kind of like blur those lines. Yeah it's very hard to go back. It's very hard to say, like, it's just very hard to go back. And I think especially when, you know, we're in the industry that we're in and in the public eye and in the light, 
I know of a couple that's like the girl is a reporter and she's a reporter for her boyfriend's team, which mm. I think is amazing. Like that we've evolved into that being a yeah. norm. Um, because at the end of the day, we're all grown. Like if you can handle yourself professionally, why is it an issue? Right. Like, or, you know, like just having, not even in the relationship realm, if you're just having friendships, you know, I know, I think I know who you were talking about when you were saying about the friendships and yeah. team members, mm -hmm. but stuff like that. I know other instances, you know, where guys are friends with guys, like guys, uh, male employees are friends with male players and right. it's not seen as an issue. Right. So why is it when a girl enters the space, you automatically assume she can't handle herself professionally. Like, it's just kind of like that stigma of like, I'm great at my job. Let me prove that I'm great at my job. Like, you don't have to have this assumption of me. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of women deal with it. I don't think a lot of women speak on it <laughs> at all. The teeth um, pop. I'm, I'm my teeth. <laughs> mm. um, and obviously, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, there's there's obviously scandals. There's you know people who have the wrong intentions. There's you know there's just you know weirdos and bad people in the world yeah so I get the protection when you're in a space with people of the opposite sex totally get it but I think what I hope there is to be in the future is that kind of like taking away that automatic assumption of seeing a girl and a guy working in the same space and automatically assuming because they're laughing they're flirting like bro I might have just told a great joke like <laughs> like I'm a comedian I'm not flirting with him bro <laughs> I'm one of the guys at the end of the day like and I think that too kind of just having like that that communication with the boys with any any client even girls just kind of like we're going to have this relationship. If I'm sticking a camera in your face and I'm asking you to give me your raw personality, I would assume that you trust me, you know, and the trust is a friendship. Like, I just, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, but it's a lot to navigate. And I just hope that that's why I love seeing women in the space because it's kind of like, okay, people trust us. And like, we're proving that we're doing the damn thing and we're doing it professionally and we're doing it well. Yeah. Um, and I know there's guys that obviously respect us and there's like, see it as a whole. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. Facts. Facts. No, <laughs> I wanted to ask you because you talked about um, helping athletes like build their brands and like that kind of back and forth that goes, Hey, like, what do you want your brand to look like? Or what do you, how do you want your image to look like on social media? I was wondering um, if you could kind of share any of those dialogues. Maybe have you ha that, that maybe you've had with the athlete that you've worked with. Um, maybe where like because I feel like a lot of people are curious as far as how that conversation goes when it comes to an athlete talking to a photographer or a videographer or somebody who's you know putting out work for them as far as 
what that process looks like and creating something that's going up on the internet. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah. yeah, I'm curious if you could share any of those interactions, like just what that back and forth is like. Yeah, I mean, Blanket, I think creators have to keep in mind there's a billion people reaching out to these guys wanting to capture them, especially you touched on it a little while ago. Like everyone's picking up a camera now. Everyone's deeming themselves as a content creator, which kudos. Like I mentioned before, like there can be a hundred shooters and everyone's going to have their own individual view. But when it comes to, you know, securing a client, it's kind of like, okay, why are they going to choose you over X, Y, and Z that's been in their DM since 2017? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, it's just, and I think that's where it goes to relationships. Like, you have to be able to, if you're your authentic self and you can show that to a person, whether that be a person that plays football, a person that plays basketball, a person that, you know, is in any of these spaces, being able to be personable and show your humanity, I think that is where those conversations kind of skyrocket. Like being able to say like, like building your brand on Instagram or whatever the platform may be, they see the work. So like, okay, so for example, this past year, this past summer, I worked um, with, it was called Elite Week. It was hosted by Athletes First, which is a service management firm. They have a lot of football players. Um, and I met two of the agents. At Elite Week, there was probably 60 plus NFL players. Um, and I was one of maybe 15 shooters there, one of two girls. So it was a pretty saturated space. Um, but even at that, it was kind of like, it was three days long. And after the first day, it was kind of like, okay, you have the opportunity. You're in a room with 60 NFL players. Like when else are you going to get this opportunity to possibly, you know, create relationships? And at that point, I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about securing clients. I was thinking about make these relationships so next year when they come back to Elite Week, it's a familiar face. They're more comfortable with you shooting them. Like I was just thinking long term. Right. Um, so just kind of like having that courage to go up to them and be like, and I I will be honest, I humble a lot of them sometimes. <laughs> I'll walk it up and I'll be like, You got an Instagram? Oh Lord. And then they'll be like, like, girl, you know who I am. And it's but it puts them in a position to be like, oh, like, do you actually not know who I am? Or like, like it kind of gets their mind thinking. <laughs> and it's not, I don't think it's being manipulative. I just think it's, you know, these guys are so used to people like worshiping the ground that they walk on and throwing themselves at them. That's kind of like when someone else comes at them and is kind of like more interested in making a connection versus seeing what they can give to them that goes a long way um so I don't I don't <laughs> it's kind of funny like the approach but I feel like it's it's more about making the connection than it is like I said trying to get something out of someone you can't go into relationships thinking this is going to be it's not a transaction and if it's a, it, and if it's a transaction to certain people I mean I hope 
you're successful, but I I think it won't it won't get you far. Yeah. Um, just be a good person, like at the end of the day. But yeah, I think just kind of like approaching them as a human and I think my route kind of like I'll I'll ask them for their Instagram and then it's kind of like fresh in their mind like oh this person just asked me for their Instagram let me go to my following to check it out and then they'll go and you're standing right there so it's kind of like if they don't it's kind of like you're rude like (laughs) so they kind of like feel pressured in a way to to go and then that's where like your brand is there so they get to see your work and they're like I've had numerous people because I'm a girl it's kind of like bruh but I've had numerous people like do just that and they're like damn like your work is actually good and I'm like it's the actually for me because (laughs) actually it's crazy Because what was the assumption here? Like I wasn't coming up, but that's where it is. Like I'm not just coming up to you because I'm a girl and I want to flirt with you. Like I have a craft. I'm passionate in, in my craft. Like I want to work for you, bro. Like yeah. what? <laughs> but it's just, and I think that's where like it was frustrating. And I think sometimes there's instances where it's still frustrating that even the assumption is there like from the guys that you have these weird intentions and it's like being able to like kind of like joke about it and be like but like I'm not I don't want a relationship like I'm just trying to I'm just trying to shoot some content bro and like kind of just like having that like funny like banter and just being being person like being a person um and so then that like you get to show your brand they'll they'll scroll on whatever you give them if it's you know a website if it's a linkedin if you get their number like texting them right away so it's fresh in their head and then following up like just like little things like that and i think there's also a fine line between following up and like reaching out and being borderline annoying because yeah. I know I'm you're, I'm sure you've probably experienced it but there's a lot of people in this industry that's like bruh I saw your text I don't want to work with you Chill, like, like relax <laughs> <laughs> like trust me um but yeah just kind of like being like yo if you ever want and I kind of like go that route like I'll show them my work they'll they'll say the actually part and then I'll be like if you ever want content you know like I'm here, like, just reach out to me. I travel, whatever. Um, Just kind of, like, making yourself available and then just, like, staying relevant in a sense where you, like, you keep reaching out. Um, And sometimes it's even reaching out to them without the intention of them being your client. Yeah. It's, like, reaching out just to say, like, hey, good game. Or, like, swiping up on a story and being like, oh, that shit's cool. Or like just like little stuff like that that I feel like it sets you apart in a sense that you're building relationships without the transactional expectation. Right. So you're not you're not reaching out and saying like, hey, can I shoot you? Hey, can I come? Can you find me to shoot your game this week? Like you're not like it's not that because at the end of the day, like they have a million people coming to them like that. So it's kind of like be different. <laughs> no literally that's a fact um now i think i think you dropped a bunch of gems man i want to ask you kind of like just taking it all kind of encompassing right of everything you've experienced um 
everything you still have ahead of you, right? Like, what what would you say if you could accomplish, you know, one thing in your career or I guess a major goal for yourself, right? Like, when you think about where you're from, right? You're 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 you know that that small town in the valley in Texas, and how far you've already come, right? Um, where do you see your career going in the future? You know, for yourself, what what is I guess something that's like, yeah, if I could accomplish this, man, like that would be amazing. Like, how do you how do you envision that? Um, I guess like my definition of like ultimate success is having freedom like time freedom freedom to have my bills on auto pay and not think about it like just having not having to stress um and I think I'm not sure what it looks like professionally I think that a goal for me you know with this world expanding is kind of like going the route that a lot of creators are going and working for players individually I'm super interested in brand marketing um kind of just like connecting these guys to whatever they need like I have a client that one week he'll need me to you know style an outfit for him and then you know, he's looking for a certain Marnie shoes. So I source it to for him through like um, stylist that I know, or, you know, like another week he needs help with the social post. So I'll help him get that carousel together. Like it's kind of like anything you need, I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen for you. And if I don't, I'm going to find someone that can. Um, I didn't plan on going back into the corporate world per se but I'm so excited because I just feel like as an umbrella of the entire like basketball world I feel like the experience is just going to be different um the culture already seems so different and seems so you know welcoming and inviting and just like there's a lot more creative freedom I think that's another thing that I I like didn't touch on for my reason um leaving is just there's a lot of like goals that are written for you right um so being in a bigger space obviously there's still going to be a level of that you have certain things to me and all that kind of stuff, but it's just a lot more creative freedom, um, which I'm super excited about. But yeah, I think just the time and financial freedom is the goal and maybe getting getting into brand marketing, um, kind of just being a one-stop shop. <laughs> Yeah. For, for these guys and just I mean I I care so deeply about them and especially the ones that I know personally like just wanting to see them thrive and succeed and not only their support but like everything everything that they're you know involved in and and have an interest and passion in yeah. for real that's major um so last question I'll ask you um before we get into a couple little quick here that we have is just thinking back on your career so far, right? What advice would you give to 10 year old Ashley, you know, given where you are now, the experiences that you've had and 
also, you know, with in mind, everything that, that, that you've accomplished up to this point, you know, like the yeah. we're about to go into with the NBA, um, which is major. And obviously congrats again with that. Um, what advice would you give to, you know, 10 year old Ashley about, you know, where, what's ahead of her? The world is yours. <laughs> Don't limit yourself. Um, I think it goes without saying, but don't listen to people who want to put a ceiling on your ability. I think even if it comes from yourself, limiting yourself, like there's always room to grow. Something that was always told to me as an athlete is you're, there's always going to be somebody that's better than you. You're always going to be in a room where there's someone that's you know, can jump higher or can move faster or whatever. And if that's you, you got to go into another room. Like there's, there's always, always, always growth that can be had. Um, so just trusting yourself, giving yourself grace and not letting people's opinions affect you too much. I think using it, you can use it as fuel, um, kind of like, I've seen a quote one time that was like, I'm just full of quotes. I'm like a walking Pinterest board. <laughs> but it was like something along the lines of like, if someone, like when someone tells you you can't do something, do it twice and take pictures or something like that. I've heard that one before. I can't, I can't remember exactly how it goes. Yeah. But that just like, it's like, oh, you think I can't? Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> all right so the last segment we got is quick hitter so you gotta say the first thing that comes to your mind um with these oh my god okay number one first one is favorite photo you've ever taken oh one of isaiah simmons he's like this is it okay i'm gonna have to find out like a little but, tree in the back yeah okay 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 all right bet second one is since we're talking about tv shows i gotta ask you i gotta ask you this now what is your favorite TV show that you've watched? Ever? Ever. <laughs> favorite. Number one. Um, can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, you good. Uh, that's a hard one. The first one that comes to mind is Power. But I feel like I feel like I feel like Ghost was better than Power. Might be a hot take, but I actually love both Power and Ghost, so that, I don't think that's a hot take. But I do. I have to finish Ghost. I haven't. I haven't finished it yet. I gotta catch up on the latest season. Yeah, that's a great show. Um, all right. Favorite NBA city. Ooh, I've only experienced a few. Um. I'm going to, I mean, I feel like I just have to say San Antonio for now. And then. You can't say the <laughs> hometown team. You cannot do that. It's not allowed. I mean, come back to me in a year when I've experienced a little bit more. Okay. I can't say a city's my favorite if I haven't been there and haven't experienced the arena. Okay. Fair. All right. Um, Last one. Favorite Tex-Mex food. It's all the same. What? No, it's not. <laughs> You have to have more favorite. Uh, honestly, you can't go wrong with street tacos. Like, 
but Your tacos yeah true 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 um but i'm very picky it depends how they're made i will say food in the like people always are like oh my god food in san antonio like the mexican food is amazing they've never been here they've never been further south because mm. it's it's but so the like this is cool but like you gotta experience like mexican food okay okay <laughs> are you mexican yeah okay cool what's your favorite mexican food what's, what's your like mexican favorite mexican mexican dish um Either entomatas or mole. So entomatas <laughs> so, are, I mean, you can make it with corn or flour, but it's corn tortillas with tomato sauce, like a type of tomato sauce, um, and then cheese on top. Literally so simple, but it's really good. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Bet, bet. Well, we could sit up here and talk all day because me and you are both are both talkers, but I won't, I won't <laughs> man. I know we both got I know you got things to do, man. So um last question we always ask all of our guests is who should we have on the What's in Your Bag podcast? And whoever you say, you gotta get in your point guard bag and give us the assist and help us get them on here. Oh my god. Okay. Um I'm like, let me go through my IG real quick. <laughs> Like in the industry? Yeah, like it could be a player, this could be a photographer, this could be a stylist, um, somebody who you think has a dope story that you think you know people will benefit from hearing. We've had a wide range of people on here. We've had designers, like I said, players, photographers, uh, managers, we've had people who do social, we've had everything. You've had JoJo on, right? JoJo Fetterman? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, oh, I know. A girl called, uh, her name is Joelle. Joelle Live. She she hosts um a podcast called Pucker Up and mm -hmm. she has a lot of athletes on and she asks them questions and each question they don't want to answer they have to eat a sour candy. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah, she was in Sports Illustrated last year. Ooh. Beautiful, uh amazing personality. I think she'd be she'd be really cool. Fine. Okay, okay, cool. So we can connect after this and you can go ahead and throw me the live, man. We can go ahead and get that done. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Perfect. Well, this has been a dope episode. Actually, I definitely, um, again, just want to say congrats on your new role. Um, thank you for coming on. You dropped a bunch of gems, and uh, I'm gonna have to hold you to that, man. We got to circle back, circle back to this in a in a year or two, man. Once you've been to some cities, get some new gems, hear some new stories, and definitely do a follow up. But um, we definitely appreciate you for for coming on today. We'll definitely do a follow up for sure. Uh, all righty, guys. This has been another episode of the What's in Your Bag podcast presented by Bet Online. As always, remember to subscribe, give us a thumbs up, give us a five star rating, all of the above. It goes a long way. Until next time, folks. Peace. Suave. Suave.
I've been in my bag for a while, I'm invincible Story of a young boss, grinding shit critical Calling on my bros one time, cause you special I had some hood dreams and right rounds for my mentor Every target that I shoot is on point like a pencil Different road change relationships, I'm so sorry Came up from the trenches and I made it, I say hardly Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by state room category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Cocoa Zing, and more. An extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lift or Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.